Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I sit down with Brittany Schultz. Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I will bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. All right, so Brittany is someone who is also local to uh, the Minneapolis area, and I have um, been seeing her stuff on Instagram, and I have seen her blog um, via Pinterest, so I wanted to reach out and get her on the show. So we chatted, um, you know, everything from food to her 21-day sugar detox and processed foods detox, uh, which sounds really intriguing. And as well as her fitness philosophy, and she's a yoga burn coach, and what yoga burn even is. So we chatted everything, um, you know, really practical fitness tips. So I think if you're looking for a good episode to dive into on, hey, what are some just A to Z things that I can do for my health? um, This is a perfect episode for that, because we really do try to keep it simple. Um, And as you'll hear, we also discovered that we are both from small towns. So that was kind of a fun little introduction into the show. Um, And we do have a lot of similarities in our backgrounds as well. So I, without further ado, I will uh, leave you guys with me and Brittany's interview from today. Welcome to the Peaceful Power podcast. Today I have Brittany Schultz with me, who is also um, a Minnesota, I don't know about native, I guess I didn't ask you that, but she lives in Minnesota right now. Um, Are you from Minnesota originally? I am born and raised. Nice. What town? Uh, Morristown. It's super small, like an hour south of Minneapolis. Oh, wait, what? I am from a small town two hours south of Minneapolis. So that is nice. Nice. Did you grow up on a farm? Um, Like a hobby farm, I guess. My parents didn't have um, animals, but a lot of my friends and classmates definitely had the cows and all that. Oh, yes. I love it. Yes. See, sometimes it's kind of fun. Like right when we start, I'm like, wow, I should have asked you that before. Yeah, and right. I grew up on a, like a farm myself. So it's kind cool. of cool. like the small town people uh, all migrating to the big city now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, small town aside, you know, tell us a little bit more about your fitness background and what got you into fitness then? Yeah, I mean, I guess all through grade school and high school, obviously a small town, I there was sports to be played all over and I participated in anything possible. I was never like an all-star by any means, but I definitely started everything because, you know, that's the kind of numbers we had. So yeah. I've been active ever since young years and then ended up going to college for athletic training so that still kept sports in my life, but I was interested in more of the health side of things. Um, So finished and got my undergrad degree in athletic training at uh, Minnesota State Mankato. And then I went on to get my graduate degree at Illinois State University in kinesiology. And I worked as an athletic trainer there, but it was in that two-year transition while I was in grad school that I really realized that health and fitness is kind of where my true passion lied. And I ended up doing my research in um, physiology. So kind of skewed away from athletic training a little bit there. And then postgraduate school, I worked as a clinical athletic trainer for some time and then kind of stepped away from that and kind of furthered my passions for fitness by becoming a personal trainer 
and a group fitness instructor kind of as side gigs to my now career in sales. So kind of a big whirlwind and squiggly line trail to where I got, but that's kind of what brought me here. I love it. Yes. I, I mean, I can relate to that a lot because I had, you know, the same thing. If people aren't from a small town, so typically like we never had tryouts. I don't know if you ever did, but no, definitely yeah. not. Like you just, you know, you need bodies on the team and you just kind of played and typically depending on how small your team was, mostly everyone played, um, yeah. you know, and that was kind of what you did in a small town, which I looking back really appreciate as well, because it did teach us to be active and you did play three sports because that's just what everyone did. And there was nothing else really to do after school. And, um, you know, like that I think is huge. And then going off to school with athletic training, I also thought I was into athletic training until I took the course. And then I, uh, realized you have to deal with the injuries and they describe some of the injuries (laughs) and I about passed out. So I was like, ah, this is not for me. I think I'm gonna have to choose a different route in the fitness world here. So, uh, I can definitely relate to that as well. Is there something about like athletic training that kind of turned you off into fitness or are you just always more into like the fitness side, how the body works and not dealing with necessarily the injuries? No, I mean, I definitely enjoyed my time working with the different athletic teams. It was really fun while I was there. Um, I think more of just for me personally, there wasn't, I didn't necessarily want to work in collegiate athletics. That wasn't a goal for me and I didn't want to go pro. So kind of hitting a plateau almost or feeling like I hit a plateau in my career at an early stage, I just made me realize that it, it wasn't the exact one for me. Right. And there's lots of places that athletic training can take people, but for me, it just wasn't quite the right fit. And that's definitely a gift to realize it that early on to your career. So you can kind of switch gears and, you know, go in a direction that, you know, really enjoy. So that's awesome. You know, a little blessing in disguise. Yeah, definitely. So another thing I like to do when I have, um, you know, any trainers on, cause there's so many different just philosophies about fitness and nutrition. And I know you're passionate about both, you know, what is kind of your fitness and nutrition philosophy in general? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's pretty basic for me and just all the different things that I've tried and I've seen work and not work for clients that I've worked with. It's literally find what works for you and do that. And that's both on the nutrition side of things and the fitness side of things. Like there's so many different ways that you can be active throughout your day. There's just hundreds of group fitness classes that you can try out there. You can go for a walk, you can run, you can bike, you can swim. Like I could list things for hours of different ways that you can be active. And I don't think that any single person is meant to participate in every single one of them. Um, But there's definitely, obviously you're getting endorphins when you exercise. So people who tell me like, I hate exercise. Like, I think they just haven't found exactly what they enjoy or like what part of exercise they enjoy. So um, definitely taking some time to figure that out for themselves. And then same thing with nutrition. It's a very daunting task to take on, you know, trying to change the way you're eating, but there's a common ground. Like you don't need to jump in head first and do it all at once. And you don't need to do what your neighbor is doing, but there is something that's going to work for you. That's going to make kind of that light bulb go off in your head. Like, Oh, this really isn't that bad. And that's what kind of, I help my clients work towards. Mm, yes. That's, I totally agree with that as well. And, um, I think that we, I think, I hope that we're kind of going in that direction is, you know, a lot more trainers that I've been speaking to too, on the podcast, that's kind of the philosophy 
um, that meant that many more of us professionals are having, which I think trickles down into, you know, our clients and our messages, which people are reading and seeing. And so they're like, okay, maybe I don't need to run for an hour if they absolutely hate it. You know, like maybe I should go to a dance class and says, you know, that's what people say is good. So I think that's something that I, um, I definitely agree with. And the same with nutrition. And um, I know that for you, you've been working on removing processed foods and sugars. So about how many years ago did you start that process? And, you know, what does it look like now? Um, I started, it's almost, I think it's coming up on four years that I've wow. been basically real food and or paleo type um, lifestyle. I started, it's like, I really started realizing I needed to make a change when I was in my junior, senior year of college and things are just going crazy, right? Like you're going out three, two, one night a week, whatever it might be. You're making bad decisions with your food when it comes like post bar clothes. It was like that, that I needed help in decision-making, right? Like I didn't want to come home and eat a pizza at 2 a.m. every Saturday night, but that's just the reality of what was happening. Like I wasn't eating it all myself, but I was partaking in that um, habit that had formed. So I became a pescatarian, which like obviously I didn't eat any form of meat except for seafood. So that limited my options very much. And I got a lot of like heckling, heckling from <laughs> friends for doing that. But for me, that was a step in the right direction. And it gave me um, like the power to say no in situations when I wanted to say no, but I didn't know how, like I didn't like have an mm. excuse. I, people, you know, would be like, oh, just eat this pizza. And like, you didn't have a reason to say no. So that's like initially where my realization that my diet needed a change came. And I did that for three years. So almost through the entirety, actually through the entirety of my grad school career. And then I stumbled upon, or a friend actually introduced me to the 21 day sugar detox, which is a real food program where you eliminate processed foods and sugars from your diet for three weeks. And this friend had always been like a source of motivation and encouragement when it comes to health and fitness things. So I'm always down to try new things. I was a little worried having to give up ice cream for three weeks. I wasn't really <laughs> keen on that or like getting rid of, you know, peanut butter or things like that, that I, you know, truly thought were benefiting my health. Mm -hmm. um, so did it for three weeks and realized that I felt and looked a hundred times better than I had after three months of training for a half marathon. And after, you know, years of going to the gym for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours every day, like the physical look and feeling that changed for me was like a snap of the fingers, light bulb, like, wow, food makes a huge difference. And that's kind of when I started focusing more on nutrition. Not that I didn't continue to work out, but I let nutrition kind of take the front and let um, fitness kind of back off a little bit. Mm. Now, when you say removing sugars, is it natural sugars or like what type of sugars are you moving in case someone's, um, yeah. you know, wanting to know more about that? Mm -hmm. So the program, you're still eating either a green apple or a green tipped banana, um, 
per day or a grapefruit if you choose. And the green tipped banana is just because as the banana ages and ripens, it gets more sweet. So you're still able to consume natural sugars in those fruit forms for the three weeks. And then all other sugars, unless they're in like vegetables or something like that, are kind of cut out. So we're not eating um, processed grains, anything from a bag or a box, obviously like candy cakes, cookies, things like that. And And honey, all of that. Yeah. But that's not me saying that like honey or pure maple syrup or fruit is bad for you. It's just you remove them for three weeks so that your taste buds can get a full transition away from being um, like recognizing those tastes so that when you go back, you know, like a green apple tastes tart to most people. But when you get to day 21 on this detox and you eat a green apple, it literally tastes like you're eating a pineapple, right? It's so sweet. Your taste buds change that much. Oh, wow. And that's just in three weeks. Yeah, definitely. So then after you do the three weeks, um, you know, what is kind of the step, I guess, after the three weeks? Because I think some people would worry, um, you know, am I going to go back and want to eat what I used to eat and gain back weight that maybe they've lost or probably have lost, you know, Mm -hmm. following that? Yeah, definitely. Um, So for me, like I said, this... I've been doing this for four years, not the detox the whole time, obviously, but I use it as a reset tool for myself still probably around two, maybe three times a year. Um, And then basically what I, because I am a health coach for the 21 day sugar detox, I'm certified in that. So I coach clients through it regularly. And I tell them at the beginning, like if you can take one lesson that you've learned away from the next three weeks, that's a success in my eyes. So whether that's you're not going to reintroduce drinking your Diet Coke before bed every night, and that's the only thing that you change post-detox, great, that's amazing. You know, Then continue to make baby steps as you come off of it because throughout those three weeks, people realize how big of a factor your diet is, and they realize kind of by reading nutrition labels and things like that, how much added sugar is in their everyday diet. So they're more conscious of it. And then it just kind of starts to build up as they change one little habit, then maybe two, then three, and it just kind of all waterfalls. And like I said, it took me four years. So this is not an overnight thing, (laughs) but little steps add up over time. So then currently you still don't have any processed foods or sugars. Like that's just your regular diet now. I am not perfect by any means, but I try. I mean, I try. I eat gluten-free 95% of the time, and I try to stay paleo a very similar amount. There's a couple things like a fried pickle at the state fair that I ate (laughs) or just, you know, things like that. And I drink like beer and wine on occasion as well. So, but for the most part, I try really hard to stick with gluten-free or paleo just because it makes me feel a lot better. Like Mm. my main thing in making this transition, it's not just all, you know, looks and feel, but I had a lot of digestive issues as a child, like stomach aches that were super severe. My stomach would be super bloated, like hard to the touch. And just, I is like a big ball of gas inside me that I couldn't get rid of. Um, completely unexplained. No one ever knew what was going on. And I, those rarely happen ever since I've changed my diet. My digestion has completely 360, like totally different 
Um, this might be TMI, but I have a regular bowel movement now, which I never knew what that actually meant until I made this transition. So just things like that keep me wanting to stay with this lifestyle. I mean, I've seen nothing but positive, so it's a really good motivator for me. No, I love it. And it's not TMI. I have, um, I study Ayurveda and do a lot of Ayurveda coaching. And so we talk about, uh, we talk about poop. We just say poop all the time. And so I have clients who are like, I never thought I would be talking this much about my, you know, bowel movements with my trainer, but I will ask, I'm like, why weren't you feeling good? Is this going on? Oh, And I'm like a lot of it. I'm like, it's what you're eating. We have to look at, okay, what's going on there? You know, what's triggering this? And a lot of the times I think, you know, we don't always think about that, you know, like I just yeah. had, um, my son loves these scones that I make. And so I just made some, cause I'm actually going down to visit my parents this weekend. So I was going to bring some down and, um, I had one and I was like, Oh nope, I can already tell. Like I, it just brings up like bloating and gas like instantly yeah. because yeah. I don't have a ton of stuff with wheat. And it's so, you know, like, I don't think I would have noticed that before until I've actually started paying attention, like, oh, this food triggers this. And so sometimes getting to that point with, you know, like a 21 day detox where you start noticing, oh, I've removed X, Y, Z from my diet. And suddenly, um, you know, that's whatever symptom they might've been having. Like maybe they aren't having regular bowel movements. Maybe all of a sudden it's happening. Um, or you're like, wow, I don't feel bloated after every meal. Yeah. It's crazy. I was just telling someone today, I was talking to them about the program, <clears throat> excuse me. And I've had I've worked in like community ad programs. So I've worked with, you know, like 50, 60, 70 year old people who've done this program with me. And everyone is a hundred percent skeptical. The first day we meet, like they look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> this is never going to work. It's so unrealistic. And then it's really cool to get to day 21. And I had a lady who could barely sit in her chair for 20 minutes the first meeting because her arthritis was so bad. She just Mm. always had to be up and moving. And by the end of the detox three weeks, like she wasn't even taking pain meds for her arthritis and she couldn't, she couldn't believe it, you know, just crazy stuff like that. And it all just circles back to how much inflammation's in your body. Oh, that's amazing. So if someone's kind of like looking to start, you know, removing processed foods and sugars, would you recommend the 21 day detox or is there something that they should do before? I honestly think it's a really good starting point. There's so much information out there and it's really hard to figure out it's confusing what works for you and what doesn't. And I just think it's a really good starting point. And like we talked about earlier, it's not like this is going to be your forever and you're never going to go back to any of those other foods but it gives you a baseline, right? So like, like we said, you understand and you realize how good you should feel in your day-to-day life when you're consuming the right foods. And then you realize once you start reintroducing some of those other things that may not be quote unquote super great for you, uh, you realize how that affects you and how that makes you feel. So I really think that this is a great starting point. Um, and the book that goes with it, the guidebook is like 75% recipes, real food recipes that are all 21 DSD approved. So that's a win in my book, right? You're paying like, I don't know, 20 bucks to get this book and you can do it on your own. You don't have to have someone coach you through it. You can, if you want, but you could do it on your own, you know, with your spouse, with your girlfriends, whoever it might be. Oh, that's awesome. And if they're looking to do it, um, you know, where can they find that information? 
I still think, honestly, I'm the only one in Minnesota who is certified to coach it. So come to my website, Facebook page, Instagram. I'm sure we'll share all that at the end of this podcast, but I'm hosting a group in October and November for sure. And then probably again, a few in the new year also. And is that going to be an in-person or online events? I do both. I really like the in-person ones a lot because face-to-face is just kind of where I thrive, but Mm -hmm. I offer them both because I have had some um, out-of-towners interested also. Perfect. Yeah, because there's, I know there's some people not in Minnesota that listen to the podcast, so I definitely think that would be, yeah, something that people might be interested in. Um, So I know you also have a ton of recipes on your site, so How do you come up with all of those recipes? I don't even know. Um, (laughs) I've been doing a lot of work trying to like recreate recipes that I had as a child. Oh, nice. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I did like a hamburger rice hot dish with cauliflower rice and then we used homemade cream of mushroom soup. So that was amazing. And then okay, another one. How do you one, do the homemade cream of anything soups? I know. What I'm do you use instead? The, Is it so, coconut milk? Yeah. And then I believe for the cream of mushroom, you use like a beef broth also to base it. Okay. And then you saute your mushrooms in like some onions and garlic and either butter or ghee. Oh, and okay. then you use like your immersion blender to blend it all up. Nice. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. that's something that I hate. I hate cream of anything soups like, blah. and I know that that's a lot. I also grew up on a lot of cream of anything thrown in a hot dish. <laughs> so yeah. making that switch, I'm like, that is an, a brilliant thing. If anyone even, um, cause if you're not from Minnesota, we're kind of known for like hot dishes and casseroles, um, which is basically like a ton of food thrown into one pot, <laughs> easy to make. And so making those a little bit healthier for people who might, um, I know a lot of people from the Midwest, I mean, that's just kind of, it's easy. It's what we grew up on, especially if you're, you know, on a farm where you're out and you're busy. So that's why my mom always did those. So I like that, that there's a different option for people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've become queen of like easy recipes so anything from like energy balls to smoothies to hot dishes to like skillets that's kind of a lot of what the recipes are on my blog because they're really easy to make they make leftovers and I can take them with me to work for a breakfast lunch whatever it might be so I don't know I guess I just throw a bunch of stuff together and hope that it tastes good and if it does then I put it on the blog (laughs) Yes. Uh, um, I also love to experiment in the kitchen myself, but I I don't always share my homemade ones because I don't always know what I'm doing and I never think to like write stuff down. So then I usually will tell, I train a group of like senior citizens every Monday and they always love to hear my cooking experience because I am adventurous. And um, like one, I just found out that Imperial, um, I used buying that because I thought that was butter it is not as margarine. <laughs> they just told me this. And I was like, they're like, don't you read the package? I'm like, no, my mom used this growing up. So then the <laughs> night, last time I saw my mom, I was like, mom, why didn't you tell me this was margarine? She's like, I stopped using that years ago. Oh my She's gosh. like, I found out it was margarine. So I switched to butter. I was like, well, hello, <laughs> nobody told me. She's like, well, you haven't lived here for how many years? I was like, well, I guess I need to be updated on these things. I don't read apparently the labels at all. I just assumed. And so I was like, okay, note to self, I need to That's pay crazy. attention to this. And so I, they, the seniors love to hear my 
cooking adventures, but I don't think I would be um, publishing any cookbooks or any recipes on my blog anytime soon. Uh, so I love that like other creative people in the kitchen, um, you know, coming up with these things. And I know a lot of the times for people that I work with, it's time, you know, time is such a big thing. You know, how do you have any like tips for people who are like, I don't have time to cook and I'd rather just order something or pick something up on the way home. You know, what are some tips for people who are just in that habit? Yeah, that's a really hard habit to get out of because it, it is time consuming making your own meals at home, having to cook, prep, do the dishes. That's like my absolute yes. least favorite part. Um, but meal prepping, just like, even if you take, you know, two hours, three hours out of your week, whether that's a Sunday afternoon, a Monday night, whatever that looks like for you and making a couple dishes that you're able to eat on for the entirety of a week or making five smoothies ahead of time so that in the morning you can grab and go. Um, that's like my number one tip for someone making that transition. In addition to that, you can also, once you start meal prepping frequently and on a regular basis, you can start freezing those meals. So in two weeks, you can take out that hamburger rice hot dish and you can eat it for dinner that night. And it's already there, already done. You didn't have to think about it. Um, and then That's back great. to like the food blogging side of things, there are hundreds and thousands of food bloggers out there with tons and tons of healthy recipes. So while you're like digging through your Pinterest um, screen, look for low ingredient, low like uh, number of steps in your methods section, because those are going to give you your absolute easiest, quickest recipes. And you'll be in and out of the kitchen, hopefully in that hour, two hour timeframe. Oh, I like that. I like that, especially with the freezing of the meals, because that's great if you know you have a busy week coming up. So maybe you just double the batch and you freeze some for the you know, following week. I think that's a great tip for you know, people because we do. We all have those busy weeks that sneak up on us and then we are scrambling to try to throw something together last minute. Oh yeah, definitely. All the time. So what about any other nutrition tips um, if you're trying to keep it healthy? You know, is it still the meal prep, meal plan? You know, what about snacks? Are there any healthy snacks that you recommend? Oh man, I <laughs> love my snacks. So I guess I do have a couple uh, trail mix recipes on the blog. So trail mix is a really great option because there's healthy fats with your nuts. Um, you get a little sweet in there. If you add some dried fruit, something like that, maybe some coconut shreds, I don't know, whatever, but it's easy to throw in a Ziploc or a container, toss in your purse and take wherever you're going. I also really like, um, have you heard of Epic bars? Epic. I don't think so. Some people think they're really weird, but because they're a meat-based bar. Um, oh, yes, I have. I have not tried those because of the meat-based. I was like, Yeah, oh. it's a little bit weird. But yeah. uh, they're protein bars, and not that good? I'm, like, super concerned about getting, like, X amount of protein in a day, but they fill me up and, you know, tied me over until my next meal. And my personal favorites are venison is just, like, a plain – it's like a venison stick, right? It's just seasoned with salt and pepper. So that one's actually 21 day sugar detox approved. They have like a maple salmon that's really good. And then I was trying to think, I thought there was another one, but maybe not. Those two are my favorite right now. And I like them, but then again, some people might not. Those are like my go-to for protein bar type things. Otherwise, 
cut up your veggies like carrots, celery, peppers, cucumbers, whatever it might be. Cut that up on your Sunday and grab some like on the go guac containers and that's a snack that's gonna give you some satiety until you're able to actually sit down and have a meal. Mm. Yes, that's prepping, planning, all of that. Definitely key, especially if you're on the go and busy, like most of us are. So I love that. Um, and bars. I usually always like to have a bar or two in the cupboard just in case I try not to snack. Uh, again, that's the Ayurveda side. They try not to do snacking. Yeah, I totally am struggling with releasing my like afternoon snack, but um, I'm still working on that work in progress. Heck and yeah. um, like the bar, like I just need in case, um, like I don't want to be training people and my stomach is growling, which sometimes happens. Right. So for sure. Throwing Another- that in the bag. Yeah. Another bar that I really like is RX bars. Have you heard Mm -hmm, of those? mm -hmm. They're very minimal ingredient, but they have the most amazing flavors. And I mean, everybody likes them that I've ever given one to. So if you're not into the meat-based bars, give RX bars a try. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Those are, yeah. Have you heard of the perfect bar? Yes. Do you like those? I haven't had a ton of those. I want to say there's oats in those and I try to stay away from oats for the most part. So I think that's why I am not super familiar with them, but I know exactly what they look like and where they're at at Whole Foods. (laughs) I know I bought them once and I, because I saw, um, I think it was one of the food bloggers that I follow was recommending them. But then I looked at them, I'm like, they're really high in calories and sugar. So I was kind of um, torn as if how healthy they really were for us. Um, so that's where I was just curious if you had familiarity with that. Yeah. When I look at labels, the things that I try to hone in on are more, um, like sugar content, like how many grams of sugar is in this bar and then ingredients. Like I read the ingredients in every single thing that I buy and I'm looking for words that I can pronounce number one. And then I look for Um, different variations of sugar that they could be hiding. Like they don't have to write sugar on the label. Mm -hmm. They can write like maltodextrin and sucralose and all these different things. So I try to be pretty conscious of that or I guess my past four years in the paleo world has taught me to be really conscious of that. Oh yeah. I love it. I mean, that's something that's a good habit to get into, you know, reading labels in general and then trying to, I mean, they're not even the front of the front of the box if you're buying you know a bar because sometimes natural and all of those things will sneak on them but then then you're like oh this is great for me and then you actually read the ingredients and you're like oh not yeah so no I would I never used to read ingredients and then when I started doing it like I'm spending like hours in the grocery store for the first couple of weeks I'm like this has got to stop but no you learn so much when you flip over that box and take oh, a yeah. deeper dive yes so I kind of want to switch gears then from nutrition into fitness because I know that's something else that you um, do now as a trainer. So what is kind of your number one workout tip uh, that you give someone if they're starting a new workout program and they kind of don't know where to start? Um, and I don't know what they like. So if you're yeah. saying find what you like, like what do you usually say or like, hey, do X, Y, Z? kind of let go of all expectations and just try something new or try it, try everything and see what clicks with you. Um, It can be a really scary place for people to be in. So I think that for a lot of people having somebody 
um, in addition to their trainer right alongside them, whether that's a spouse or a girlfriend or, you know, even a child if they're old enough, um, having that other person there as a support system is really comforting for them, at least for the first, you know, couple weeks. So I'm all about having them try new things, just kind of letting go of expectations and bringing along someone to support them. Hmm, that's great. I like it. Getting rid of expectations. Um, what about your own fitness philosophy? Has it changed throughout the years or has it pretty much stayed the same since maybe, you know, high school from when you started sports? Um, I, it's definitely changed. When I was in high school, I didn't really think of playing sports as like working out or fitness or anything like that. I, once I hit college, then it was like, okay, I need to go to the gym because I need to be fit. And then that's when I was spending like an hour and a half to two hours in the gym, you know, on a daily basis. And that's craziness to me now that I've like gotten into real life. I'm outside of school and I like have a full-time job and all these things on the side. Sorry if you can hear my dogs in the background. No worries. Um, But (laughs) now I'm doing like 20 minute workouts. Sometimes I'll just do a hit workout at home and that's something where I pick out like four or five exercises. I set a timer and I go for 20 minutes as many times through, you know, if I'm going to do 10, 10, 10, and 10, then I just go for 20 minutes and it's just as good of a workout as if I was spending two hours in the gym. So I've definitely found ways to um, consolidate my workouts. I think that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Cause I just don't have the time to dedicate two hours to a gym every night anymore. Mm. I know that's so funny because like thinking back to college, I think a lot of, well, women in particular, uh, some of the guys, I guess, that played sports were in the gym a lot too. But um, I mean, just how much time we probably wasted (laughs) at the gym, you know, doing, I did a lot of cardio that was unnecessary. Um, I did strength training, but I did do a lot of just dumb cardio that I didn't need to do. Um, thinking that, oh, this is how I'm working off the calories from all of the beer I was drinking, you know, for sure, for sure. Not how it works, but you know, in, you know, in my mind at 21, you're like, that's, this is how it works. Yeah. So it makes I think sense then. I have a lot of women who after college, um, you know, and after that routine definitely have kind of like, uh, an awakening or like, holy moly, now I have to you know, have a job and I, I am in that transition of, um, working out and how do I fit it into my life? Do you have any tips for people who are, you know, maybe in that stage of their life where they're like, wow, this isn't as easy as it used to be. Yeah. Honestly, for me, like if you're the type of person that is motivated externally and you need people around you to be able to like work out and you're not able to find that motivation at home for like a home workout, I would say find a gym or a studio that's close by your home or your work so that it's really convenient for you to get there. And then on the flip side of that, if you're comfortable working out at home, like if you can motivate yourself to either do it before or after work and just get it out of the way, like buy some dumbbells, buy a kettlebell, buy a jump rope, like whatever you need. Cause there's so many resources out there online and you can, like I said, you can get a 20, 30, 40 minute workout in at home. And then you're there, you shower, you're changed, you're done. You're ready to cook dinner or you're ready to go to work. So, um, yeah, 
you yes. don't have to spend hours in the gym and you can definitely get it done at home or somewhere nearby. Mm-hmm. And I definitely agree with the gym being close. Cause I even, um, I used to have be right across, literally right across the road from the gym. So I would walk to, um, it was a lifetime. So I'd walk there and then I moved, um, when my husband and I got married, we moved, we're still in the same town. I'm really not that much farther away, but I have to drive there now. And I was like, I'm not going. And I also train clients have a small studio. So I had to give up my lifetime membership because I was just like, I'm wasting this because I'm not even going anymore because I have to get in my car and drive over there. Um, and I'd rather just work out where I'm training my clients now. Cause it's more about convenience yeah. and I'm someone who's been in the industry for like 10 years now. And so I'm like, that's how hard it is sometimes if we are, or if you're struggling with, Hey, where's the nearest gym? Like literally it is, has to be that easy because it is, it is difficult to get there, especially if you're trying to go at five in the morning and it's dark out and it's cold. It's not fun. Yeah. And nobody likes to deal with rush hour traffic after work. So make sure it's close. And there's so many out there that honestly there's gyms. I mean, for the most part, unless you're in like a rural area, there's gyms close by you. Mm -hmm. So what about this yoga burn teacher? Um, What is yoga burn? First of all, Um, I am not familiar. It's so fun. Everyone should try it. So Yoga Fit is a franchise. They're starting to kind of branch out throughout the nation. So if it's not in your area yet, hopefully it will be soon. But Yoga Burn is kind of a mix of yoga, um, HIIT, so high intensity interval training, cardio and strength training. And it's really, really awesome. So you start out with a yoga type warm up, and then you move into different transitions. So you go through like a leg circuit, arm circuit, cardio, just a bunch of different um, specific muscle groups. And then you end the class with a yoga cool down. So it's super fulfilling and it's in a heated room. So you get your super sweat on and feel super detoxified and great afterwards. That is cool. Uh, Is it an hour class typically? It is. Yep. That's cool. I didn't know that they did. I thought yoga fit studios were just a come in, do your own thing and leave. So I didn't know they had teachers there. So that's kind of good to know as well. Yeah, they do, I think five different formats right now. So they have flow one, flow two, a restore class, and then they do yoga burn and also yoga bar. Okay. So if you're familiar with the bar technique. Yeah. Um, and then they do offer like a 24 seven on demand class. So if you're unable to make class times, you can utilize um, those on demand classes whenever works for your schedule. Well, that's cool. So it's definitely, I mean, that's convenient for people who work odd hours, you know, coming in and being able to do a little yoga. Cause I know sometimes people find, um, you know, yoga at home. I was just having this conversation with a client today about um, I personally have struggled with trying to keep a yin practice at home. I'd have to go to a class and do my yin because holding stretches for five, 10, 15 minutes a piece in your own home, like without a TV on, I know it's so hard mentally. And so I think that's some of the thing that, um, you know, having a studio like that, I think I'd be more, even if I was doing a game class in a studio, like just leaving your home, because when you're at home for 10 minutes, I'm sitting there like, I got to do the dishes yet. Oh yeah. for sure. I got to work on this, you know, and your mind is kind of racing. And then before you know it, two minutes in, you're like, all right. And I'm done for the day. So that's what I like about that studio is you kind of can really get into the right mindset, you know, kind of leaving the home or if you're at home and you don't have access to a studio, (laughs) 
this is your yoga getting really, I mean, really having to deep dive and go through some of your stuff. So that would be also my challenge. And it's my challenge to myself, um, trying to do that, (laughs) but that's my hippie hippie trainer side of me coming out. No, that's awesome. Sit in in the stuff. So how do you kind of balance then your workouts with teaching classes? How many classes do you usually teach a week? I transitioned to a different job about four months ago. So prior to that transition, I was probably teaching around four classes a week. And just because of the schedule change with my um, like full-time, I am down to like one or two a week now, which is actually pretty good for me yeah. with trying to balance like blog and health coaching and other things I have going on with this business. Um, but I try to make it into at least one or two other classes at the studio. And then this changes season to season because in Minnesota, when we can be outside and exercise, that's like where I want to be all the time. So right now I do a lot of home workouts or like tonight I went for a run. So try to at least go for one or two runs a week, do a hit workout a week and then throw in some yoga also. Mm, That sounds delightful. Um, Well, I guess kind of last few questions um, that I have for you. The next one is, I know you're running a retreat. So I want to know a little bit more about where the retreat is and what are you going to do on your retreat? I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah, we're super excited. This is actually coming up really quick. It's in two and a half weeks and we're hosting it up in Park Rapids, Minnesota. So Northern Minnesota, um, first weekend in October so that's going to be like right around peak season for the fall colors and oh, it's that'll be um, on the lakeside cabin. We just went and visited it last weekend and it's super modern on the inside. So it's going to be really fun. There's about 20 women that are coming up for it. And throughout awesome. the weekend we have classes planned. So different styles of yoga, a flow, a burn, a bar class. And then we have like a group hike we've picked out some wellness centered workshops. So there's one on like living a positive lifestyle. There's like a nutrition for you and, you know, other workshops of that nature. And then in addition to all that, there's real food, healthy meals provided throughout the entire retreat as well. So it's a place for women to relax for one because women are always giving 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 and a lot of times forget to take some time back for themselves so it's a place for them to relax rejuvenate and then connect with others who are interested in the same types of things oh that's cool and is it like a weekend retreat then it is it's a friday night through a sunday that sounds awesome yay well i um cannot wait to hear how this goes and that should be a really fun time. I mean, as a leader, it helps you grow as well to kind of step into that role as well. So yeah. And who are you running it with? Are you running it with another gal? I am. She, her name is Bonnie and she and I actually met in Mankato and kind of reconnected over our interest in fitness. She's a previous peer bar teacher. So we kind of brainstormed this up over the winter and here it is. That's awesome. Yay. Well, if people want to know more about that or connect with you in general, where can they find you? Yeah. Uh, my blog is definefettle.com. So it's just define and then fettle is F-E-T-T-L-E. Um, I'm on Instagram at definefettle, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook. 
I don't use Twitter that much, but it's out there. And I don't either. <laughs> yeah, it's just not my thing, but I have it. Yep. Um, but yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and the website are probably the best, or Pinterest if you're looking for workouts or recipes. And then why Define Fettle? I want to ask quick. I read it on your website, but I, I want you to tell everyone in case they don't I check like that out. like really different names. Like I don't want to be just like fitness with Brittany or something like that. Um, so fettle means in good health in old English. So define okay. fettle, define health. The retreat's name is define you. I just, again, oh, reiterating so cool. that, like finding what healthy is for you. Oh, I love it. Wow. That's so cool. Um, and so creative. <laughs> like so final kind of question, um, whenever I have guests on, I usually have you guys throw out a weekly challenge to the listeners. Um, it can be anything that we talked about today or um, that's coming up for you that you want to give them as a little challenge for the upcoming week. Ooh, we talked about so much. <laughs> um, I would say uh, try being more conscious of the sugar that you're consuming. So not that you have to do a detox for those three or four days, but read the labels of the foods that you're putting in your body and start recognizing what foods have sugar in them that you didn't previously know that about. Oh, I like it. Yes. I, that is a good one. And I think that um, it will get people looking at the labels too. So I love it. Definitely. All right. Well, it was, it's been an awesome little conversation. I think that um, the listeners are going to get a lot of nuggets on how to kind of go forwards with their health, both fitness and nutrition. So I thank you so much for all of your knowledge, Brittany. Yeah, no problem. This was super fun. All right. Well, I want everyone to go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.